Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thanks for spending some of that uh, here with us. BMW. If Des Moines guest list shapes up like this, we're going to do a lot of baseball on today's show. After all, baseball's 48 hours away, opening day, where we shall see every single one of the 30 teams in action, which is good. Uh, they're all right out of the chute. Uh, so we will talk baseball today. Brian Walton, who covers the Cardinals, will join us for the first of oh, multiple uh, segments he will do with us throughout the baseball season. Cardinals, the pick to win the NL Central. Trying to find somebody that might knock them off. Kind of tough to do. But we'll talk to Brian Walton about that team uh, and the expectations that surround it at 1130. Then Matt Snyder, who joins us weekly, he writes for CBSSports.com. We'll go around baseball. Oh, maybe move out of our comfort zone of the uh, regional teams, but uh, oh, maybe work the Blue Jays into the conversation. Ah. Uh, some of the uh, some of the other teams will uh, will come up with our friend Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com, who is back from spring training, and then at twelve uh, thirty, uh, Matt Manasarin from uh, Sports Info Solutions is not available today, but in his place we will talk to uh, one of his assistants, Nathan Cooper, also works at Sports Info Solutions. He does a draft mock draft guy. He's coming up uh, at about twelve thirty before Matt rejoins us here starting next week, but as we. We get closer to April, the draft becomes more of a talker. Uh, so we'll get into that uh, with Nathan Cooper uh, at twelve thirty. Trends plays of the day: NIT plays tonight at the Orleans uh, in Vegas. I'm guessing that that will be at least a part of it. We shall see. Circus Sports sponsors that. That's coming up here at about ten minutes before one o'clock. So last night was kind of a different night there was, there was hockey which i got into a little bit disappointed that the wild were on espn plus did you see heather was at the game i did yeah about that good for her yeah. and paul um going up there and, and catching the wild and a good night to catch him was it was a couple of fights it was there was a hat trick by matt boldy who if you recall the within an hour of him signing his pro contract and getting to Des Moines, was on our radio show. Do you remember that? I do, absolutely. He's going to be a star. He already is a star. He's got 28s, headed to 30s, already signed a huge contract, $50 million or $48 million. He's mm-hmm. been renewed. Um, he's a really good player. So uh, so good for uh, Heather and Paul. Saw a pretty good game last night. Uh, but uh, anyways. And a winner minus one and a half. And a winner minus one and a half for you. And, uh, exactly. And then I watched, uh, I watched South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're good. Oh, my God. <laughs> that good. was an eye-opener, huh? Oh, Jesus. So, Trent, I had no idea there was this. They're, they're tall. They're really, really big. So we know about Boston, right? She's mm-hmm. 65 and really good player inside in the post. And she's strong and yeah. physical and yeah. does all those things. But what they bring off the bench. I mean, when you got a six foot seven player that comes in, in Camila Cardoza, who is from Brazil, started a career at Syracuse, 6'7". from the floor. You can't foul her. Shoot 71% there. Eight and a half rebounds. Ten points per game. Mm. That's one of their bench pieces. And that bench is deep. That's just what I was going to say. They play a ton of women. 11 different girls have double double figure minutes per game. Now, 
they also have a ton of blowouts. So mm-hmm. that, sure, that uh, good point. Kind of sways it yeah, a little bit. Good point. You know, looking at the numbers last night and starting to do a little deeper research, two of their starters average under twenty minutes a game, and because of the depth and probably blow, it's also a part of that too. So when you're kind of talking about the team, it's not just looking at the starters. I mean, you really have to dig into this team and the depth that they have there. Uh, one of the players in the starting lineup, Bria Hall, uh, Beal, is from the Quad Cities, Rock Island girl. And she's their defensive stopper. Yeah, she'll get Caitlin Clark. Uh-huh. And I'm going to guess that they're going to have a lot of things going on, so you got that connection. Will there be a Caitlin Clark prop? Oh, that's a good one. I'm, I'm going to get. Wouldn't you think somebody would yeah. put that up? One of the uh, either combined uh, points, assists, and rebounds. Yeah, just something because I mean, Caitlin Clark. Obviously, she's got the bullseye every game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But uh, wearing the bullseye this game, she has to go on up against somebody that's you know got an idea how to. This Beal, look, I, I I saw South Carolina play for the first time last night. I'm mean, full disclosure, mm-hmm. but but read enough about the team to know who to watch for right during the game. And when when you're reading about South Carolina. She's the gal that's going to be asked to lock down the other team's best player, and for the most part, and it's not that she's one trick pony no. because she can score yes. as, as they all can. Trent, I mean, South Carolina the field. What would that number be? Uh, I saw that number. In fact, uh, Circa has that up right now. It, it's a minus number. I it has to be. That. Yeah, I think. Well, let they, me find it here. They are, and is UConn a minus number too? UConn, uh, yes, the they field? are. are they I, really? I think it was minus one twenty for UConn, something in that range. So we are. Probably headed to a well. I hope it's not a chalky weekend, but right. we've got two prohibitive favorites. Absolutely, yeah, big time favorites here. So you can bet the yes no prop on both the men's and the women's. So right now, South Carolina to cut down the nets minus three twenty. Hmm. That's how big of a favorite they are. If you don't think it's going to happen, you can get plus two fifty five there. Iowa ten to one currently to win it all. Uh, the second choice is LSU plus seven fifty, and then. Vatek plus nine fifty as they'll get LSU in the other semifinal game. But so yeah. just because I was ten to one, they're ten to one because they're going up against South Carolina, right? If yeah, they were in the other game, they're a significantly shorter price. Absolutely, but they're not. Point spread continues to move. It opened up last night. It was Iowa, a ten point underdog. Currently, twelve point underdog. Jeez. When I woke up this morning, 11 it was and eleven half. and a half. Yeah. So it just keeps moving hmm. as they're taking more and more Gamecock money. They are well, they didn't cover last night. They didn't, no. So Maryland shoots 50% from the floor. They shoot 50% from three. Mm-hmm. And they get beat by 13. Mm. I was, we talk about, you don't have to play a perfect. I was basically going to have to play a perfect game they to are. beat the South Carolina team. Yeah, I'm sure that's good enough. Yeah, And it might not be. A couple of crazy numbers. Well, can I say one from last night first? Yeah. 25 offensive rebounds for <laughs> South Carolina? Yeah, that, and that's what they do. Speaking of those rebounding numbers, they are number one in the country in offensive rebound rate. No surprise. <laughs> okay. They get. So last night wasn't a fluke. It was not a fluke. No. That's too bad. And doing it against Diamond Miller and a pretty good front line yeah. themselves in Maryland, mm-hmm. and they were able to do that. Imagine if Maryland still had uh, Reese on their team, too, who's dominating mm-hmm. for LSU. She mm-hmm. left Maryland to go to LSU. Offensive rebound rate, number one in the country for the South Carolina team, 48.7%, meaning. of the time, there's a missed shot. When they shoot a shot, they get the rebound. Almost half the time they miss a shot. They go in and get the rebound. They go and get the rebound. You're not going to get them on the defensive boards. They get (laughs) 75.7% of the rebounds. I was a pretty good defensive rebounding team overall. They're going to have to be nearly perfect. Hannah Stolke, 
You got to be ready to she go. Need, they need a big game out of here for sure. O'Grady's got to be able to come in and give them a good six, eight, ten minutes. They need all hands on deck for this one. And how many did she play the other day? She hardly played the other day. Yeah, did she didn't play much. Louisville? She played more against Colorado. Did she? And I think it was the, either Colorado or Georgia. They're starting to run together. But yeah, she's had one of those moments. Going to need her. Is Sonato going to get much of anything offensively? You wouldn't think so against that front line. It's going to be Oh, rebounded. you know what? Travis Dvorak just sent me a, t- a t- text. Can't do that. Oh yeah, because we can't bet on Caitlin Clark in this. Of thing. course, that stinks. Right now, nationally there might be one. It'll just be sure. fun to keep an eye on. Oh, thank you, Travis. Yeah, for, but... for listening first of all, and and B for helping out the team here. <laughs> of course, there's no props on individual athletes, in, men or women, in, in the state of Iowa. Right. right. Yeah, we can bet others. Right. But we, we just can't bet our own. They could be a Boston prop, you know, over right. under fifteen and a half points, right. ten and a half rebounds, whatever it is. We can do that. And that's. I mean, that may sound like yeah, that's not very very wise. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you can't even you. You couldn't even bet on any of the New Jersey teams. Same in Illinois. Yeah, it's right. It's right. not alone. So, yes, there is some things that you would like to see change, but if you had to decide, you want to bet the uh, Cyhawk game mm-hmm. or rushing yards in the Cyhawk game, <laughs> right? Well, let's bet the game. Yeah, we'll bet the game. So, uh, two other numbers. Okay. They uh, block 15%. You're, you're depressing the audience by these numbers, by the way. <laughs> 15% of the shots that are taken against them, they block. No, fifteen. That's unheard of. They, How many they have? Oh, they were. Uh, I was looking at the wrong box score. They average nine blocks per game, and yesterday they had six. Oh, bad performance. Yeah, from them. Staley will be all over this team in practice the next two days. It's hitting fifteen threes. It's going to be one of those games where everybody's going to have to help out. Everybody on mm-hmm. the boards, and I guess the good news, though they're number one in the country in offensive efficiency, it's because they get all those offensive rebounds and end up finishing with the score is they do have periods where they get a little clunky offensively. Is it boredom? It it could be that, too. It it could be that. This is a machine I watched last night. They absolutely are. It is a tall, tall task. Uh And as the point spread continues to move, I mean, is this thing going to approach 13, 14 as Mm. it keeps going? Kind of feels that way. Maryland Mm -hmm. got the cover last night, though. They were getting 15. They did. And uh, we will see on Friday night. 8.30 8.30 tip-off, and you can already see. I mean, the ESPN machine, they are working on this one. Boston against well, Clark. I, I just Iowa saw Caitlin Carolina. Clark on whatever show is on TV right now, before Sports Center. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, who's on it? It was a first take. Jay Will. Yeah, it might yeah. have been first take. Yeah, it might have been first take. Um, Caitlin Clark was, I mean, there's no sound in the studio, so I couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they're there. And why wouldn't they, right? Of course. This is a marquee matchup. So if, so we can't bet it, but it doesn't mean we can't set it. Right. What would you put the number for Caitlin Clark? Because, Trent, they are going to do, look, here's the thing. They're, they're, they're fed up with fame, Caitlin Clark. Yes, they are. You know what? I'm sick of this girl. Mm, there is no doubt about we, it. We, we've, uh, she doesn't even start on our team now. That's probably BS. Right, but, she, yes. but this is what they're, they're saying. Mm-hmm. So they are going to do everything. And I, I, they'll get physical with her. Mm-hmm. They'll do everything to try and get her off her game. Easier said than done. Right. But this will be... Look, I don't claim to know her entire career's body of work. I would be surprised if this isn't her most difficult game she's mm-hmm. about to play in her life. Yes, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I uh, saw former Valley coach, uh, Coach Segrist, mm-hmm. and he said, we tried a triangle and two against her, mm-hmm. and the two... We're actually just guarding her, <laughs> right. and it still didn't work. Yeah, I mean, she's seen all the jump defenses, all the box and one, triangle and two. She's seen all those different things, and double-team her every time she crosses half-court. They've done it all against her. 
but there's never been a defense that is mm. this put together, this connected that she's seen that is like this with the speed, the athleticism, the physicality that they play with. And unfortunately, that's going to be a part of this, too. Mm-hmm. You know, Clark gets to the free throw line a dozen times. Well, maybe. You yeah. know, you're, you're starting to have those conversations. Right. Got to hit shots. Yep. Can't have them get every offensive rebound. I well, mean, you, seemingly they do. They do. Half the time, they're going to go out there and get it. It is a difficult task. But going through the numbers last night, maybe not impossible. There's... There's well, a chance. you, you got to play incredibly well. Are you, are you trying to trick yourself because you got a long, lot of windshield time ahead <laughs> right? of you and coming back? Maybe a little bit. Maybe <laughs> yeah. a little bit because I've said all season long, like this is, it's a one-team race. Yeah. And UConn, though, hung around against them, had a chance in that game. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss Look, took Maryland was in front. Uh, no, they did. They, at the end of the first quarter, yep. they, I think South Carolina had just taken the But for most of the first quarter, mm-hmm. the first 10 minutes, um, they were in front. They were. It was 21-15 through first. Uh-huh. I mean, Maryland had the lead there, and yeah, yeah a lot has to go right. And mm-hmm. there are a ton of factors, and every single one of them probably do. Jeez. But it's going to be fun, right? And the buildup, and it feels like all of Iowa City and the state of Iowa is making their way down there. Good news. Yes. If you're looking for tickets, as I am, starting to tick back just a are little they? bit here Come this back morning. a little bit? Yeah, coming back. So you, you're waiting? Waiting. till the last possible moment? Yep. My... Uh, my buddy said, let's, let's just wait. We'll be okay. Maybe mm-hmm. even get down there. Uh, those guys are going to get there Thursday, so they're going to get a little lead time also and check it on tickets. So we're going to wait a little bit. We'll see. We'll see if that's going to ultimately bite us in the end. But uh, we're looking. I think it was Vivid Seats was the lowest that we found out there. There are a couple other places that I didn't have a whole lot of background and then checked the Better, Better Business Bureau. It wasn't mm-hmm. very good. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of those. Stay uh, away from empty seats. Right. Yeah. That's not a good one either. Yeah. I've heard a lot of bad stories about that. Not one. empty. The initials. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to wait and see, and hopefully we'll be in the building one way or the other. Good for you. And we'll see. I don't think we're going to be behind the bench, though. I'll tell you that much. Do not be looking for me on TV. You're not going to find me. Yeah, it might, might be good if it doesn't go the uh, Iowa's way, especially mm-hmm. if with for Ella. Yes. Right? Uh, boy, oh, boy. Well, that was that was eye-opening. We'll say that. That mm-hmm. was eye-opening. Watch that last night. A lot, a lot of baseball conversation uh, coming up on the program today. Brian Walton will start things at the uh, bottom of the hour. Get into the Cardinals and their quest uh, to claim the Central and make an impact on the playoffs this year. Uh, Matt Snyder is going to be here. And then we're going to talk uh, NFL draft. You know, the, the one, I guess, unsigned player that, that, that certainly... Um, is generating a lot of conversation. Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And there's so many quarterback-needy teams. Why aren't they taking a, a chance? I mean, what are teams shying away from with him? He doesn't have an agent. He made a business decision, which isn't seen, I would think, a welcome with open arms in a lot of locker rooms. I mean, he said he was hurt. The Ravens didn't say he was hurt. Right. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. say he's out for the year. Lamar Jackson did. So that may be a, uh, you know, a, a check on the negative side of the ledger. But if you only have to give up two first round picks for this guy, he's an MVP, what, three years removed now? Yeah. Two, three years removed. <sighs> they're, they're Super Bowl. Type teams. Uh, I mean, not not teams that are going into the into the draft knowing that they need a quarterback or their cook. Look at like the Detroit Lions, who are favored to win the North. I'm just picking them as an example. There's other teams. Why are teams reluctant to give only give up two first round picks for Lamar Jackson, who's a young guy? He's 26, right? And he's an MVP. I, I heard something last week that at least made me chuckle. 
Like, well, you don't want to go out and get a 26, 27-year-old running back. Well, that's true. And you could make the argument yeah. that he's... But he's also thrown a boatload of touchdown passes. Right, right. Life. And I, I just kind of scoffed. I thought it was a funny line. More yeah, than but anything. true. I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because of the injury concerns that have been there, and you completely get that part of it absolutely where maybe that's where the reluctancy is. It's not the same sustainability that you see. We think of when Michael Vick was at his apex mm-hmm. and just how well he played in that year. and. It didn't last. And the running quarterbacks that run at this level, not guys that can move, not guys Mm -hmm. that can get out of the pocket, actual running quarterbacks, that there isn't the sustainability that we normally see even in today's NFL, that injuries are going to happen. And and I guess that would be the reason behind it. Look, there's two of the regional teams could use him. I don't think the Vikings can afford him. Right. Because the Cousins guaranteed, but the Packers need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody buying Jordan Love? No. Um, and, and, and and this just in, you've been pretty fortunate at the quarterback position for the last three decades, Packer fans. Why wouldn't you try and run it back with this guy if he's available? I Honestly, I, I don't get it. I don't either. I'm I'm struggling. And it doesn't feel like, oh, there's more there. Maybe the playoff thing. Maybe him not playing last year doesn't sit well. I don't know. I guess. I, I could understand that. Now, but... it would be worse, obviously, if he has to go back to Baltimore with those teammates that he kind of mm-hmm. you know, left high and dry. Yep, absolutely. That's, um, but I he's not that's... going back to Baltimore. No, he's not. He's not going to be there. When he has played, you go back 12 games last year, 12 games the year before, 15 and 15 than the two years previous. Mm-hmm. The apex was 2019, 36 that was, touchdowns. That was the MVP year. Yes, six interceptions that year. Ran it incredibly well that season. Did... Lamar Jackson things. Last year, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Year before, 16 and 13. Ah, uh, that wasn't good. That's Yeah, that wasn't good. That was that was the bad that's the bad uh, the blemish on the 5-year career, 5-year career. Yeah, I think 5. Need five. weapons with him. Need the right yeah. scheme. Yeah. Need the right offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to adapt to to what he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just plug it in and say, "All right, we're the Packers and you're going to run the Aaron Rodgers." Well, offense. other than the uh other than the Bears, the other three residents of the NFC North, isn't he an upgrade? Oh, no doubt. Over all of them? Yes. He'd be an upgrade over... A lot of teams. 20? 22? Uh, probably somewhere in that realm. Yeah. You know what? That's a good one, Trent. Let's go down this path. Okay. Do we have time before we talk? Yeah, yeah we do. Um, so let, let's start in the AFC East, where he's an upgrade over Mac Jones. Yes. Tua? Yes, Two. because we don't know what Tua is. Let's assume Rodgers goes to the Jets. Okay. All right, so two there. Let's go to the north. Obviously, since he know. No. Baltimore, we don't know. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think you stick with Pickett. Watson, they what? played a lot of... Over Lamar Jackson? I don't... I, the body of work's not there. Is that? It's, it's incomplete, right? Uh-huh. Incomplete? So are we up to... Let's Okay, let's split. Let's go three. Jack uh, Tennessee is four. Indianapolis is five. Mm-hmm. Houston is six. The Raiders? Yes. The Broncos? Yes. That's eight. That's eight in the AFC. Um, Eagles? No. No. Cowboys? No. <laughs> Giants? Yes. Nine. Commanders? Ten. Yes. Vikings? Eleven. Detroit? Twelve. Packers? Thirteen. Tampa, 14. Carolina, 15. New Orleans, 16. Atlanta, 17. San Francisco, 18. Seattle, 19. The Rams, 20. 20? And the Cardinals, Cardinals 21 because Kyler's not even back. I'm with you. And it's two first-round picks for a 26-year-old former MVP. You're going to have to pay. 
You have to guarantee his contract. That's what he has said. Going to have to. He's good. He's standing by that. I, I is that the, is that maybe what's behind the? We're just gonna we're gonna hold off for now. Conversation. Right. We'll see how we are after the draft. Man, I don't get it. And maybe people are just saying, "Hey, we got Caleb Williams coming in the draft. We got Drake May well, coming in the true. draft. That's true. We're not going to do this now because but then especially you have to get them really bad teams. You have to be in a spot to get them. Those two guys, though, have we had a year coming in with two guys like that? Yeah, Leaf and Manning. Was it like that before the season? Oh, I don't remember. I that. don't think so. Because Leaf, I mean, they went to the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah, gave Michigan there a hell was, of a game. There, there was at least a way better quarterback. Oh yeah, I'm talking about hand raised over right, here. Right, I was that guy. Yeah, I love the. I'm, I'm sure there's been some subsequent to that too. That right. just you know not popping into mind. But right even away. before a season has begun, I can't mm. remember this kind where there are two, no doubt about it, top mm-hmm. of the draft guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always guys that are up there. Sure, and, and you talk about it and. A lot of times they end up going to the third, fourth round yep. by the time the draft actually comes around. But I think with that, that's a component too for that that bottom tier. The teams that are not going to be very good this year. They're going to wait. The, the Falcons the of the world, the Tank. Rams, as they got a whole rebuild in front of yeah. those, those kind of things. We're not going to do that now. That doesn't make sense to do it now. We're going to wait. We're going to tank and we're going to have a big opportunity. That's- not one, but two Perhaps generational generational players. players they're they're going to be there. Well, we shall see. It's going to be uh, fun to watch. But I I don't get why teams are so reluctant. So that's coming up here at the bottom of our number two. Going to get more involved uh, in the NFL draft. Obviously, we'll we'll focus early on some of the regional teams. But the quarterbacks, who's going number one overall? Who do the Panthers are legitimately going to take? Because uh, they now own the number one overall pick. Michael has been patient. Uh, let's get him into the program. Michael, thanks for waiting. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you. How are you? Doing great. What's what's going on? I think it's a money thing, man. I don't. I Guarantee. Teams are afraid to cough up two hundred plus million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Deshaun Watson thing. You know, they're typically that sets a president, the mm-hmm. president, right? Yep. The next man up makes just as much and i don't think these owners want to pay that much money it's just too much money yeah and it's the guarantee too the right guarantee. the Kirk cousin yes. stuff the, the watson stuff yep. uh yeah. michael th- thanks for the call i appreciate you listening thank you yes sir um and you get back to us at any time you'd like that, that's a really good point and mm-hmm. what do we hear so much now and this started all the way back with russell wilson when he was drafted and they got him in the third round is those rookie contracts, yeah. and you get a guy in a rookie yep. contract, and you don't have the guaranteed money, and how you can supplement your roster top to bottom mm-hmm. with everybody when you don't have to pay for a quarterback. Right. Well, now you get into that equation. We're paying $200 million for Lamar. That's why there was talk at all about the Bears and Justin Fields. Right, absolutely. Because they reset the clock. Instead of year three, mm-hmm. we're going back to year number one of that five yep. years you get for a first-round pick, and if it's after the first round, it's just four years guaranteed. But I think that makes a whole lot of sense, too. It's teams figuring out all right, it's going to be more difficult to build a full roster if you have that kind of quarterback. And now we're also giving up two picks on top of it. That's maybe what Mm -hmm. makes the equation a little bit more difficult for all these teams. A lot of teams could upgrade, I think, but uh, I think Michael's right point is right on. I think it's a money thing that's scaring some of these teams away. So where, uh, so, so as we get set to uh, put uh, on, take off our helmet and put on our ball cap, right. uh, when are we going to do our over-under totals? We do it every year. We, we go on record and we look at it periodically throughout the year and at the end of the year embarrass ourselves just how god-awful we were uh, with, with our picks. But it's fun to do, right? It is, yeah. Last year, let's see, what did we have last year? Looking through the old notebook here. 
baseball. Don't ever lose that notebook, by the way. Oh, I won't. Yeah, this one is definitely staying there. You had the Braves over the Twins. Yeah. I had the Dodgers over the Yankees. Close. Mm -hmm. Didn't get there. We did okay last year, though, in divisions. What was it? Houston-Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Houston-Philly. I had Philly as a wild-card team. That was one of my good calls of the year. Did I have them in the playoffs? You did not Uh have them last season. Are you buying Houston this year? Yes. Are you? I'm, that's the team I'm leaving out. I will not bet a nickel on the Astros. I already have a ticket on them. It was as I started to do my research last night a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. I took you them. You were busy last night. Oh, yeah. American League pennant last night. Well, I had the Timberwolves-Kings game. That was great last night. What uh, What time did it end? Oh, it had to be 11.30, probably something that, 11.15, uh-huh. 11.30, something in that did range. Did Keegan get his three threes last night? I don't think he did. I started deep into it in... Set the, the rookie half. record, which is what he needed. Oh, he's going to get it. He had a couple of bad fouls late in the game. But the T-Wolves, back-to-back wins, and now yeah. they are out of the play-in tournament. They are the number 6 seed, and they get Phoenix up next, and they can climb as high as the number 4 you No, know, I think that's one of the uh, um, one of the really good moves that the NBA has made because it gets people fringe NFL, NBA fans, right? Mm-hmm. When you get the, it's kind of got a college feel to it. Yeah. You know, we're coming out of March Madness. Get the one and done in the 9-10 right. game. Absolutely. And then this this brings up the curtain on the NBA playoffs and brings a little, not a little, a lot of drama into things right off the bat. And then you get into the series themselves. And But um, I, I like what the NBA has done here. It's a good move. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still continued talk about maybe some kind of in-season tournament. I heard that this year, too. Yeah, that they're continuing to push towards that. And you know, the regular season is so irrelevant. It just is yeah. in that sport. And the number of guys that sit out and, well, did we drop this well, down? Well, that's to, just it. We dropped it to 72 and we have an in-season tournament. We make up the money that way along with mm-hmm. what we're doing with the play-in tournament. And you kind of go that direction. I mean, I I, I would be entertained by it. You play yeah, some I would kind too. of for that in-season limit- tournament in January? Yeah, good. And if that eliminates load management, mm-hmm. you know, I, I schedule came out. I got oh. online. I got tickets to see the Lakers when they're in town and taking my son and my daughter. and Never seen LeBron before. Never seen LeBron. And we you still won't see We got decent seats. You know, set me back 400 for the whole family. But, uh, oh, peace. Uh, but we're going. We're going to see him. And he's not playing. <laughs> Coach's off. decision. Yeah. Coach's load decision. management. Load management. Uh, Brian Walton next. Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.27. Today is sports. With a flash out of Fordham, they knocked in runs and scored them. The gas house gang was full of fight and nerve. The Redbirds were the rage, the wild horse of the Osage. And Paul and Dizzy were keeping them busy with heat and curves. I'm talking baseball. I'm Lauren Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. This one's a little bit different. This is the Cardinal version. I heard that. I did. I was listening to the words. You hear a lot about the Cardinals. They are the favorite to win the NL Central. Brian Walton. You'll hear a lot from him throughout the summer months as well as... Uh, he covers the Cardinals for thecardinalnation.com. Brian, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Hope the offseason treated you well and that you are ready to go. How are you? I'm doing great. I had two different trips down to Jupiter this last month. Got home just the other night and uh, ready to start the regular season uh, come 
come uh, Thursday. Yep, uh, unfortunately, going to start on the wrong foot as the uh, soon-to-be world champion Blue Jays uh, will be in town. <laughs> uh, so, well, we'll get to that later. Uh, Brian, uh, your trip to Jupiter and, and then subsequently into the clubhouse after the game or behind the back, wherever you're talking to players, uh, what, did you sense that they were comfortable as the as spring training went on, uh, the, the weeks, the days got closer to the regular season, that all the new rule changes, that they'd fully absorbed them? If there is one that gives the players trouble, what would it be? I think the rules changes were something that it took some players longer than others to get used to. I think there's still some irritant about the pitch clock um, because in certain cases there's a judgment call as to when the clock starts. Uh, that type of thing, uh, both for pitchers and batters. Uh, there have been some situations where strikes have been called on batters who weren't in the box with eight seconds to go. So, But, again, that's going to just take some time for people to get used to. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos was away for the World Baseball Classic, and he's, of course, the Cardinals reliever, one of the late-inning guys, who is notoriously one of the slowest workers in baseball. And so, you know, we didn't get to see Gallegos do a lot of work in games. They had him on the backfields, you know, trying to, you know, discipline him to work more quickly. But, I think that'll pass the the larger bases, uh, you know, that kind of thing that seemed to not make much of an impact to tell you the truth. And I, and, and games were shorter games were, you mm-hmm. know, around the two and a half hour range. And that seemed to work well for everybody really did uh, an increased pace to the game, I think is a good thing. And even for the most ardent baseball fans, you can see that. I mean, you get the ball and you walk around the mound and just get in there and let's get things going. And, and it's going to be a welcome change watching 162 of all of these teams. I know for a lot of people out there. So let's, let's start to break down this team. Let's start with the staff and, and the rotation. Michael is back for another year. The big question about Jack Flaherty, we know when he's right, how dominant he can be. Montgomery, Woodford, Mats. Uh, the starting five here doesn't exactly scare you from an outside perspective. Your thoughts on the projected starting rotation? Well, I think you summed it up pretty well. The the Cardinals have a team that's definitely strong enough to win the National League Central again. Uh, But, you know, when you get into the postseason and you start to, you know, get against those aces, Mm -hmm. the DeGromes and the Verlanders of the world, you know, the the Cardinals don't have the guys who stack up, frankly. But this is about, you know, surviving the 162-game regular season. The Cardinals have shown in the past they're not afraid to go out and get pitching at the deadline if they need it. Uh, but the depth is going to be tested this year. Of course, Wainwright's hurt already. Is already, you know, he's in his 40s. Uh, Jake Woodford's a guy who's done well when given short chances, and now he's going to get his big opportunity. And of course, uh, you know, other news: Dakota Hudson, who's made I think 70 some starts as a major leaguer, is down in AAA. And then uh, lefty Matthew Libertor is another one who pitched very well this spring, but there's no place for him to start. So the Cardinals have numbers, but they don't, you know, have those knockout guys that you need in the postseason. Uh, Wilson Contreras, it's going to be, it was weird to see him but, uh, in spring training in his Cardinal uniform. Uh, I'm not sure what the knock was on. He kind of got a hothead, but you know what? If he's on your team, that's, uh, you, you want a guy like that, right? Uh, he, he can hit the ball. He's, um, I mean, he's gifted. He's got a million dollar arm, but calling a game seemed to be the, if there was a, a box he didn't check. What's the concern about Wilson Contreras? Who I'm not killing him. I love Wilson Contreras. Uh, just going to be different to see him as a Cardinal. What was the, what's the concern about his game, Brian? And has, have you seen it, whatever it was? You know, I really haven't. Um, you know, the, the other thing that's new this year, of course, Ken, is the pitch com that they introduced last year. Um, where the catcher could call the pitches for the pitcher. Now they have a pitcher version as well. So the two of them have these little devices and, uh, you know, they can set the balls and strikes that way. The Cardinals have a veteran staff and I think, 
you know, part of Contreras skipping the World Baseball Classic, which very few players did. Mm-hmm. He skipped it specifically so that he could learn and work with these uh, pitchers on his new team of the Cardinals. So, you know, I think, as you said, you know, he's really the, he's an offensive catcher, and they put him right in the middle of the lineup. They've now got a third big bat, you know, after um, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. So, you know, Contreras, I think, is going to fit in very well with the Cardinals. They just want to keep him healthy because they don't have a lot of depth behind him at catcher. Jordan Walker makes the team, it looks like, though it won't be official until Thursday. He was a non-roster invitee, but the young prospect, the number one prospect in the Cardinal system, a top 10 guy across the board. What are the anticipations for him as he gets ready to make his debut? Well, I think expectations are pretty high for Jordan Walker because of the, you know, the phenom nature of him. Just drafted in 2020, you know, um, you know, still 21 years old, really has just ultimate, yeah, tons and tons of potential. You know, physically he's a big man, but he can run and hit. I want to draw comparisons to players like Aaron Judge, but he has that kind of feeling. And the Cardinals probably rushed him, but he forced their hand by coming out extremely hot in spring and playing very, very well. You know, time will tell. You know, he won't be the first player to maybe struggle a little bit early on and maybe even get sent back to minor to minor leagues. But there's also the potential Cardinals fans, you know, remember Albert Pruholz and how he came out of nowhere and, and, you know, took a job when nobody thought he could. So expectations are high for Walker, but the good news is because of the bats we talked about in the lineup, manager Oliver Marmol can afford to bat Walker down in the seventh spot in the lineup and not put too much pressure on the rookie early because, let's face it, everybody's going to be gunning for him. Everybody's heard of Jordan Walker. You know, there's expectation that he's going to be the rookie of the year. So, you know, he's not going to slip past any opposing pitchers. You know, you mentioned Pujols taking the job. Uh, do the Cardinals regret – I mean, it seems weird that he finishes as a Cardinal and that's where he started and it seemed like we closed that chapter and it was a storybook ending. And yet here he is at spring training back in his Angels uniform and he's got a personal service contract. How many years? I think it's like 10 years, Brian. It's long, whatever it was. I, that, that, that leaves kind of a sour taste. Even with me as a baseball fan, I'm guessing Cardinal fans probably feel the same way. You know – it's part of the contract he signed. In fact, he broke the mold when after Albert Pujols signed that contract with the Angels, uh, which includes, as you said, a 10-year, $1 million per year personal services contract for the Angels after he retired. So, you know, you can't blame Pujols for not, you know, for leaving $10 million on the table over the next 10 years, a million a year. And so he's fulfilling that contract by working for the Angels. But everybody knows Albert Pujols is a Cardinal. Mm -hmm. When he goes into the Hall of Fame, he'll have a Cardinals logo on his cap. And, you know, when that personal services contract is done, he'll still be, you know, he'll be around the Cardinals. And this is just a short-term thing that, you know, it's the way the game is. Arnado. Goldschmidt feel good in the middle of the lineup. We mentioned Contreras, O'Neill, the power that he has shown throughout his career. What is the concern with this lineup? Well, the outfield is still the question mark. You know, in in 2021, um, both O'Neill and Dylan Carlson looked very strong, and the hope was that these young players would, you know, become the next generation of Arenado and Goldschmidt. And they both took step backward last year. O'Neill just can't stay healthy. Uh, he was exceptional in the World Baseball Classic. O'Neill was for Canada. Um, and Dylan Carlson, you know, was announced when Harrison Bader was traded mid-year last season as the new center fielder. And then, you know, he didn't play that all that well in the second half, had some minor injuries as well. 
And so come to spring camp this spring, and now Tyler O'Neill's a center fielder, and Carlson's fighting for a job. And it appears that with Jordan Walker now on the team, Dylan Carlson has become sort of a fourth outfielder and part of the DH platoon. So, you know, I think the outfield is going to have – and then, of course, I didn't mention Lars Nootfar, who, you know, basically came out of nowhere and has become an international phenomenon. But, you know, it's still unproven in terms of, you know, a multiple-year success. So they've got a young outfield. They've got a lot of moving parts. And I think that's going to be the key to this team, whether these young players can step up and help – you know, strengthen that lineup from top to bottom. Off the field, and I know you you and Dan McLaughlin were close. You did a lot of work together. Chip Carey now comes over and uh, is going to be behind the microphone uh, for the broadcasts. I, I heard him. It's, it's, uh, he was with the Braves for so long after the Cubs. Have Cardinal fans embraced Chip Carey? Obviously knowing the history there with, uh, with Grandpa. Uh, has it been an easy transition in the booth? You know, I, I met him for the first time down in spring training, met Chip, and uh, great guy. I was surprised. He's really tall. He's like 6'7". Is uh, he really? I didn't uh, know that. Jeez. Yeah, an imposing physical presence. But, you know, he's a, he's a great guy. And, again, his voice, as you mentioned, you know, we've heard it for so long. Right. He's very familiar in the booth for the Cardinals. And, of course, he'll work with uh, color man Jim Edmonds and Brad Thompson primarily this year. Hopefully more of uh, Thompson than Edmonds, situation. by the way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a situation that anybody wanted to see, but I think, yep. you know, given given what happened, I think, you know, Chip's a very good choice, and he's going to do a fine job in the booth. Well, looking forward to another great baseball season with this Cardinals team as we kind of bounce around a little bit. The bullpen. There were a lot of bullpen arms out there. I know reading a bunch of things, uh, people anticipated maybe they get involved, but look like Mazaliak and the rest of the crew said, hey, we feel good about a lot of these in-house options here. The bullpen, they got some high-end guys there, fireballers, obviously. This bullpen has a chance to be, I think, really good this year. Your thoughts? Yeah, interesting. Not a single outsider, not a single new person in the bullpen. You know, the eight-man bullpen is a is a guy huh. who all you know had experience with the Cardinals last year. Probably the left side. Uh, they had, I think, six different competitors uh, with major league experience in camp, trying to figure, you know, sort through and figure out which ones were going to be in the pen. Zach Thompson and Packy Naughton won the jobs. Naughton, you know, has been kind of inconsistent. Zach Thompson, uh, former starter, top prospect, has been exceptional. He didn't allow a run. And then on the right side of the Ryan Helsley had a tremendous spring, 13 strikeouts against two walks in seven innings. And then Gallegos, as I said, who the World Baseball Classic is kind of behind him. So the, the bullpen looks like a strength for the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, there's a few guys in the minors that they'll call up during the course of the season, and they'll need them as well because, you know, injuries hit over the course of the year. Biggest strength they might have is the division that they call home because I think it's a one-team race, Brian. I really do. I don't like the Brewers at all, and I've been on this Brewers bandwagon at least to start the year the last few years. Brian, I think their window was closed, and I say this knowing that uh, Corbin Burns, who had a contract dispute, and that didn't go well, and Peralta and Woodruff are still there. I mean, the first three at the at the top of the rotation, even Wade Miley at the back, but it's the it's the other guys, right? It's Kristen Yelich, who's just not the same guy. Um, Rowdy Telez, I just this Brewers team, I think window has closed. Do you see it that way? I I'm not as as black and white about it as you are, but certainly. The pitching is a, the starting pitching is the strength of the Brewers, and the moves that they made, uh, you know, midseason last year, 
were ones that were not uh, contending right. the contending team would make. And that sends not only signals to the fans, but it sends signals to the other players too about what we think your potential are. And you know, you know, we can analyze stats and you know look at gun readings and all that till the cows come home. But game, you know, baseball is a mental you know the, the mental part is so important in the difference. And you know, if I was a Milwaukee Brewers players, I'd say, hey, I don't think our front office believes in us. Yeah. And you know, as you said, the offense is not going to scare anybody. Sort of like the Cardinals rotation. You know, if you could take if you could take the Cardinals. Uh, um, lineup and the Brewers starting pitching, you might have a World Series champion, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way for Milwaukee, and I think they're going to be you know, a second-place team again and maybe or maybe not make the playoffs. What about the Cubs? Kind of a transitional time as they wait for the next uh, wave to come through. One out brought a lot of free agents, a lot of one-year deals and short deals like that. Bellinger, Mancini, Mancini guys like that. Your thoughts on this Cubs team and not competing for the division, but Fighting for 500, do you see that out of Chicago? Well, Trent, as you said, you know they brought in a bunch of veterans who know how to play, and you know there's the Esh is a team we don't know yet, and they've had some you know injuries. You know Hendricks, who's been the key for the top of the rotation, is is hurt, and there's some other issues. But I think the Cubs are wild. The Cubs could surprise and play pretty well. Um, you know, again, you know guys like you said, guys like Mancini and. And uh, shortstop they brought in from Atlanta. You know they've got some they've got some good young players. Dansby Swanson. What about the overall National League wide? Uh, Braves want a bunch of balls. You, you like the Padres? So do I. I'm on the Padres. The Braves scare me. Who's uh, if not the Padres? Who? Yeah, the Braves. I think the Braves. You know, and they have a couple of young pitchers, uh, young starting pitchers that they're going to put in the rotation at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Braves, and and you know, I don't think you can count out the Mets. The Mets drew a lot of attention because of their the money they spend, and yeah. they've had some you know serious injuries. They lost their closer, but you know, the the, the Eastern Division is going to be tough. And you know, the Dodgers. You know, granted, you, you can never count the Dodgers out. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I think the Dodgers Padres are going to be a good fight. I think the Mets Braves are going to be a good fight. Cardinals won what, 91 last year? How many did they win last year? 93. 93. Over under that this year, Brian. Doesn't it see- Now, there's not as many games against the Reds and the Pirates, <laughs> uh, so you've got to take that into consideration. Is that, is that kind of the ballpark that they get to 93 again? Yeah, I think I think ninety three to ninety five would yeah. be an improvement for the same reason you said. You know, they're not they don't get to play the Pirates nineteen times anymore. They don't get to, to play the Reds times anymore. They're gonna have to play some tougher opponents. But I think the Cardinals are an improved team if their starting pitching can hold together. The Cardinal Nation term injuries. I'm sorry, Brian, you were cutting out on us there. I thought you were done. Sorry. Nope, your your phone's been cutting out on you. Hey, Brian, listen, um, thank you for doing this, uh, for previewing the Redbirds with us. We'll talk a bunch. Clearly the deserved favorite to win the Central Division. Brian Walt should be a fun summer. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Um, yep, good to hear from you. Uh, phone troubles there toward the end. Started out well, but you did. cell phones, damn it. You never know. You never know. Um, 93-95, what's their total? It's got to be around there, right? Yeah, but it's right in that 91-92. Chip Carey, 6'5", by the way. I just, yeah. Is he? I wouldn't I, have I, got that. Never would have guessed Never. How, I wonder how tall Grandpa was. I don't know. I mean, plenty of people met him, right? Oh, God. It's <laughs> a Pied Piper. Now he's sitting at a bar stool or at a table, so yeah. maybe that made it a little Holding bit more court. difficult. Right, exactly. With those glasses. All right, regular He suffered a stroke at a restaurant. At a restaurant? Yeah, that's what that's where we passed. All right, scrolling through here looking for STL Cardinals. I'm going to guess it's 89 and a half. 
Oh, I'd go over that if that's all it is. 88 and a half. Really? That's a DraftKings that I see that one. Over Eight. is minus 120. So you know what? When, when you play these things, as we like to do, you really have to take into consideration the form, the schedule format change. It is completely different. You don't get six extra games against the Reds and the Pirates this year. And the Cubs before. And the Cubs, I think is going right. to be an improved team this year, but right. what they've been the last uh-huh. couple of years, that's definitely a component that you have to look at. Another one that DraftKings had, over under two and a half, 100 win teams. I, I think it's a cinch. There's, not it's gonna be, under, there's no way. There's not going to be three teams. There's no that, way. Now, you got to lay minus 190, but still. And it's and well, your money's tied up all year. <laughs> for, yeah. But it seems like a... <sighs> now, your Blue Jays are chirping. Kiermaier says they, they absolutely could win 100 games. <laughs> really? and, how, many, how many games won 100 last year? Off the top of your head. Two? Four. Really? Yeah. Okay. Braves, Mets, Dodgers... Uh, and Houston. Well, now I got to reevaluate things. But I, I, I think you're right, Trent. Look, Houston's beating up on the A's, mm-hmm. on the Rangers. The, the Braves and the Mets are pounding the Marlins and the Natties. The Dodgers get the Snakes and the Rocks. Diamondbacks are going to be good. I agree with you. I agree with you. That's one of my plays you on got our... a ba- I, Me too, and you got a bad number. You didn't shop around. There's a 75 and a half out there. I'll take that. Thank you for correcting uh-huh. that for me. Uh-huh. Uh, Ten minutes before noon, we will come back, finish up the hour. More baseball conversation to start. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. We will take a look at more than just one team, the St. Louis Cardinals, who are going to run away with the division. I think so. Right? Mm-hmm. They've got to be an incredibly short price to win the Central. To win the National League Central. I mean, incredibly short price. Minus 125. That's all? Brewers plus 175. Cubs plus 650. Pirates at thirty to one, and the Cincinnati Reds sixty to one. Trent, I thought it'd be a lot worse than that, but minus a buck twenty-five. So it sounds like you're playing it. No, I won't. No, that's no. I don't like to bet. No, you know what I mean. Give me twenty to one, thirty to one. But that does seem like you get it with the Pirates or the Reds. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I did take. uh, I made some bad plays. Anyways, Miller and Condon uh, back to wrap up hour number one. It's ten before noon on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KX. Get started. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Wisconsin's still alive in the NIT. Have you watched any of it? A little bit, Did yeah. You? I don't think I Watched have. Utah Valley, mentioned that in the quarterfinal game against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a cool moment for them. Short of that, though... Not a ton. No, I'm with you. I was just looking at point spreads for uh, the, the weekend's game, the, the final four. Uh-huh. Just see if there's been much movement. Seeing anything? Nah, nothing. I don't know. I think Miami's going to give UConn a game. You do? Uh, just because of the guards. Yeah. And kind of, UConn's got guards, too. Yeah, they do. Um, I love Florida Atlantic. You really do. I do. And you're getting points. I'm getting two. Getting a pair. Yep. I'm happy with that. Grab the two and maybe even a little dabble on the money line for that one. I lean UConn, but well, we still got another four days before we have to officially get them in. Though, since I'm going to Texas, I got to get those bets in early. Before don't I? you leave the state, as soon as you cross the state <sighs> line, wham, it shuts off. Yeah, not good. That geofencing gets you. You know, it works too. It has to. Yes. <laughs> And I've tried the VPNs, and I've tried. Oh, you 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 have. I've yeah. Yeah, you can't. I mean, if if you can, then the state's got a problem with, right. with the operator. I mean, a big time. It's going to cost the money. It's going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't want to cross uh, that line. I don't know. I just keep coming. I'm rooting for Larnaga. Yeah. Hard not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then Drake if would have shuddered him. 
Drake, if would have, should have had him on the ropes. Florida Atlantic easily could have lost that game to Memphis. They correctly mm-hmm. called the timeout. Mm-hmm. I think Memphis wins that game. San Diego State a couple of different times could have gone the other direction. Yeah, including this past weekend. <laughs> Miami Drake, absolutely. Uh-huh. UConn, though. They've kind of cruised, haven't they? They have. Yeah. They have definitely yeah. separated themselves, and they're playing at a different level. It just, Danny Hurley's such an unlikable figure. Why do you say I that? Just, maybe it's the Hurleys in general. Yeah. Bobby was always such a pain in the mm-hmm. butt, and I just disliked him so much. And well, just, he's a good player at Duke. Oh, yes, he was. Oh, those are some good Duke teams. No rooting interest in this one. It's just, it's going to be so And crazy. your futures are dead. Now, you don't have a championship future. I have a UConn. You? you do have a UConn? Yeah, well, UConn at 26 to 1, another at 20 to, to 1. To win the championship? Yeah. Good for you. I don't know why you don't listen to me more. Well, I thought they were Final Fours. I got them at 15 to 1 to yeah. win, and 50 to 1 on Miami. Good shape. I hope. Hour 2 coming up next. Matt Snyder on baseball. He writes for CBSSports.com. He'll kick off. Hour number two. We'll do some NFL draft talk. Focus on the regionals. By the way, did you see this umpire show the, uh, yesterday? Uh, the Philadelphia kicking out Real Muto. Oh, yeah. What a disaster. Hour two coming up next. Matt Snyder kicks it off. 106.3 KXNO.